47. Luke 22, verse 47. And while he was still speaking, behold, the multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Yeah. Love the Bible. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this? And he touched his ear and he healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple and the elders who came to him, Have you come out against, as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed at a distance. And when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain slave girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not even know him. Notice it's capitalized, H, talking of Jesus. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You are also one of them. And Peter said, I am not. Then after an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not even know what you were saying. Immediately while Peter was still speaking, a rooster crowed. And so Peter wept, went out and wept bitterly. Father, I stand in awe of your presence tonight. We're humbled by the grace that's carried us over this past few days and the grace that will carry us even through this next week and the grace that started this good work that you will complete to the day of Christ Jesus. Come by your power. Come by your anointing. Touch us and change us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Who are the roosters in your life? Who are the roosters in your life? Many of you know we lived in the Hawaiian Islands for 14, 15 years, something like that. Pastor Vince and Ava and his family lived in the island of Kauai for 27 years. Minister Alex, different ones. Especially on the island of Kauai, they have an amazing amount of chickens and roosters. Wild. They sleep in trees. They're, they're feral chickens. 
And I don't know what causes a rooster to crow, but I will tell you that if you're just visiting, it can be one of the most irritating things. But after you're there a while, they sort of become comforting. I go back and I visit and I hear chickens crowing. And You know how they got there, that got that way on Kauai, was there's lots of people that had cock fights, rooster fights. It's a part of the culture of the Philippines, kind of a wicked thing really. And it's a lot of gambling, and it's really not too good at all. Uh, and Hurricane Aniki came through. It wiped out all those, all those chicken farms and let all those roosters free. Well, they got together with the hens, and now you have a, a massive population of chickens. Who are the roosters in your life? So what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, who are the individuals in your life that signal to you that you're off track. What do you mean? Another way to say it is who holds your shut up card? Actually, a shut up card and a rooster are two, really, they're different. But who is it that signals to you that, that you're off track? Could be your spouse. If you're off track, I hope it's your spouse. Could be a friend, could be a relative. My children have signaled to me that I'm off track. At times, my pastor, your pastor should definitely be a rooster to you, whether you're visiting or this is your home trip. I'm your pastor. I'm thankful for that. I should be a rooster to you. What does that mean? A rooster, what I mean by who are the roosters in your life? Who are the people that signal that you're off track, that something's wrong? Peter denied Christ, as was prophesied by the Lord. Satan, Jesus said, desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for your faith, that your faith may not fail. Peter says, basically, I'm never, oh, I'm going to die with you. I'm, oh, not me. Everybody else is going to fade away. Everybody else might quit, but not me. And Peter said, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And we read that account. It's a powerful text that helps us to navigate through life on many levels. Now, let me just give you a brief summary. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Religious leaders come with huge military might. If you do the math on this, and you really have to look at all the Gospels and see how, how this came about, get a composite view. And they come with huge military might. Now, you have to ask yourself... What are they so nervous about? The man who walked on water, cleansed the leper, healed the sick, raised the dead. Jesus is there. And I think they're terrified of what he's going to do. Judas, Judas who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. By the way, that's the price for a, the price for a, a female slave. In the Old Testament would be 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces. Female being the church. Jesus was sold by Judas. And Judas comes and betrays him with a kiss. It was nighttime. Couldn't just point him out. I mean, he had to go right up to him and he gave him a kiss. And they had two swords, if you study it. They had two swords. And Peter comes to Malchus and 
lops off his ear. Jesus brings healing and he's arrested and all of them escape. John and Peter head to the courtyard. The first thing I want to take note of in this is that especially this verse 58. Look at your Bible with me. Verse 58. Jesus says... Put away your swords, basically, that it's not the time for swords. The point I want to make with that is that that is totally contrary to Islam. Islam expands its kingdom through swords, through death, and through violence and conquering. Jesus repudiates that simply by saying this is not the time for swords. And when Malchus, who probably deserved to be hacked at, gets his ear put back on by Jesus. And what that statement is basically saying is that Jesus' kingdom is not, expanded by, is, not, is not expanded by swords, but by grace, by the power of God, by forgiveness. Amen. Completely different to Islam. Islam is not the same God we serve. Allah is not, is not our Heavenly Father. Let's just get it straight. Jesus heals a servant's ear and it's, it really is significant. In verse 53, it says, this is a time when darkness reigns. There was great darkness, and I'm convinced that that's why Jesus had them pray. You know, can you pray? Can you tarry for an hour? They couldn't. We're in a time of tremendous darkness and tremendous grace. You need to teach your children that. You need to teach your children to pray, to read the Word, to take authority. In my lifetime, I remember Idi Amin and Uganda. Horrible things have happened. I, I, I wasn't alive during World War II, but I read about the Nazis, that what they did, the Holocaust. There is great evil. Evil prospers when good men do nothing. And there is a time when great darkness reigns. And I do think that that's why Jesus had them pray. And there's a very real enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he would like to destroy your family, sir, ma'am, my brother and sister. And if you don't learn to pray, and you don't learn to take authority, you might end up being a casualty of war. And it would be needless. Because God has given you power and authority to bind, to loose, to declare, to decree, to resist the devil and watch him flee. God has given you power. And we see three betrayers in this text. We see Judas. You know, we don't like Judas too much. But without a Judas, there's no resurrection. Judas was the part that he had, to, he, had to, he had a part to play. We see the religious leaders and we see Peter. And each had a different reason for betraying. Judas betrayed for money. It's amazing what people will do for money. Power. Recognition. Amazing. Judas betrayed Jesus. For money. I think the religious leaders betrayed Jesus for power. He was encroaching on their territory. They didn't like it so much. He was flipping over money, money changing tables. 
He was upsetting their control, their religious control that they had over people. And they wanted to get rid of him. He was cutting in on their cut of everything. And Peter, Peter failed not because he desired to fail. Peter failed because of his pride. Peter fell. Peter betrayed Jesus because of his pride. All will fall away, says Peter, but not me. Not me. I alone will go with you. And he falls. And I'm convinced that that Peter probably justified his betrayal. He's trying to protect himself, a little self-preservation and the end of all this betraying, Judas kills himself, the religious leaders kill Jesus, and are ultimately destroyed by the Romans. Peter repents and follows and, his, and leads his fellow disciples. God's speaking to us tonight, very, very pointedly. God, God, Jesus, continually attempted to warn his disciples that temptation was coming. And that they were going to have a problem. Continually warned. Said the, warned Judas. Would you betray the son of, of man? Even when he's getting a kiss from Judas. It's interesting to me that, that Judas being the, the keeper of the money. Jesus made him the treasurer. You didn't think, well, what kind of business decision would that be? Jesus made. Yet Jesus knew. Jesus knew. God knows everything. The leaders, he, he gives them an opportunity, he rebukes them. He straight rebukes and confronts every one of them to the leaders. He says, I was with you in the temple courts. What's the problem? Couldn't you talk to me then? What's the matter? Peter, he, he warned him about Satan, as I said earlier, to sift you as wheat. God does not want you to fail. And he will warn you. He will warn you of your impending failure coming. If you can listen to the rooster. The rooster was a signal for Peter and really is a signal for us. It woke him from his sin. It woke him from his self-absorption. When he heard that rooster, you say, think about this. Jesus knew everything, prophesied the rooster. Peter denies the Lord, and when he heard the rooster, it woke him up. showed that Jesus has all authority. Where do you, how do you get that? God was in control of that whole thing. And some of you have situations in your life that you think it's just all out of control. Do you know God knows the beginning from the end? After all, He is the beginning and He is the end. And He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And He will bring a cock-a-doodle-doo to you and to me to help us because He wants to warn you. Who's the rooster in your life? Are you paying attention to the signs? In the past, we, uh, you know, we do a lot of counsel. Uh, people in the church, people out of the church, people in the lower 48, people in Hawaii, friends. We help them. And counsel's good. You say, counsel's good. Yes, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I get counsel all the time. In this particular case, in talking with this person, 
I attempted to call them earlier in the day, and I went to press their number on my iPhone, and my phone rang at the same time. I got into a conversation, and I answered the phone call, and got talking in my busyness of my day, and I, and I did, forgot to call them. I wasn't returning a phone call. I was led by the Spirit to call them. They call me at the end of the day, this very person. It's not like we talk frequently. They don't go to the church. They call me at the end of the day, and they say, you know, I just felt like led to call. I said, man, you were hearing from God. I said, yeah, I felt led to call you. I just wanted to say this, this, and this. And they shared some stuff with me. And I said, well, I was going to call you earlier. And I, I got sidetracked. But here's what I felt the Lord wanted to say. And I shared some things with them. And they said, oh, thanks. And, I, and, I, and again, as we're closing, we're saying goodbye. Conversation's winding down. And I, I again was like, man, God is awesome. God, God so wanted to speak to that person and, and wanted to speak to me also that even though I forgot, he hooked it up to touch their heart to call me. Awesome. Come on, God's an awesome God. And so I, I, I said, you know, <laughs> you were really hearing from God, man. That's awesome. And they said this. They said, yeah, I've been walking with God for 20 years. I hear from God. I said, okay, God bless you. We'll talk to you later. They said, okay, bye. I hung up. I thought, that was a little bit of an odd response. I just went, oh, whatever. Oh, bless him. I get an email. And, um, and it, if you're listening, I love you, but I'm using you as an illustration. I get an email, and the email curses me out. I'm talking for real curses, not you're a jerk, not soft Christian-type curses. I mean real curses, Right? And I noticed the timing of the first email was an hour after the conversation that we had. So that means to me that the person stewed before they actually sent the curse to me. I thought, man, wow. Then there's a second email from them, which is almost an hour after that. Now that, 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 that means this. That means that they were so offended that they got so bent out of shape that they waited on that thing for almost a whole hour, then cursed me out, then waited a whole other hour, couldn't take it, and had to do another one. And I, I, was, I was saddened. I was grieved. I, I responded. There was misunderstanding. They thought I was belittling them. Oh, you really hear, you really hear from God. I'm so amazed. I wasn't doing that. I was like rejoicing with them. Praise God. I, I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed that I can hear from God myself. Huh? Is anybody ever just like, wow, he uses the likes of me. Some of those prophetic words this morning. I got feedback on that. I got my mind blown. Mind blowing. That's amazing. How'd God do that? I don't know. So, I mean, that's where I was coming from. And... I responded to the emails. My wife had to be standing there when I had the conversation, and she, she responded also. And then we called and spoke directly uh, to an answer machine, and I just got an email, full circle, and the email says, basically, huh, I got totally busted, Pastor. Sometimes I just write those things. I didn't mean to send it. I'm so embarrassed. God has a way of getting us, doesn't he? Something to that effect. I thought, whoa. It was a rooster. She didn't mean to send it. She just, do you ever write it? Don't raise your hand. You write a letter where you're just like steaming. 
And then you finish and you feel like, oh, I got it off my chest. I don't, I don't ever do that. Honestly, I just don't. I just talk to Jesus, then I cool off and maybe I let it go. But she wrote this thing and it went in her outbox and it went over to my email. It was a rooster. And it signified that there's some bitterness there. There's some wounding there. And you need to get healed. Who's the rooster in your life? This rooster woke Peter out of his self-absorption. This rooster indicated that God really is in control. Because he's the one that had the... I don't know what causes roosters to roost. Or whatever they do. Cockadoodle too. I don't know what it causes them to cock-a-doodle-doo. I don't know what kind of scientific function happens on the inside of them. But when they do that, and I know they're supposed to signify a new day, which, which we're going to get to. But I'm going to tell you, in Kauai, they just rooster all the time. I mean, it's like four hours before the sun comes up. You're like, where's Danny and his 410? Amen. We're going to shoot that thing. Have some chicken. When that rooster crowed, it was a, a sign signifying that God is saying, I'm still in control, Peter. And when you get warnings from people, understand it's God helping you. Corey Ten Boom said, blessed is the obstacle that comes in the way of a man who's on the way to destruction. Amen. Praise God. And it does signify a new day. Everybody say it's a new day. A new day. It signifies that there's a new day dawning. God brings roosters to warn us so that we would turn back to Him. That thing, God, I hope, I hope my friend listens to the message. It's a sign unto you. Turn from your bitterness. It's destroying your life. Turn. God will heal you. I'm unoffended. I've had far worse happen. It's no big deal. Still love you. We're still friends. Everything's good. But it is absolutely a rooster. Some of you are hearing a rooster tonight. Oh, yeah. Warning you to get away from that relationship that's causing you pain. Warning you to quit gossiping. To quit talking about people. Warning you of your inappropriate behavior. Warning you that if you continue in your self-absorption, and I will tell you, <laughs> I got so convicted. We had this men's, this men's encounter. And we released the, the different ones to preach and stuff. And there are sometimes... Because I'm just writing myself out. Sometimes my own self-absorption. We, we think that we, we, we might be the best person to say some particular thing or do something. I know you probably just thought that was you. But actually, that's just all of us. We all think, you know, I should be the one that maybe... And the Lord dealt with me on it. Just because somebody does it differently doesn't mean it's not, not as powerful and effective as, as somebody else. Oh, we can put this person in there. No, just, just relax. Just be led by the Spirit of God. We're so self-absorbed with our own stuff. We think we the ones that have the answer. We know how to do this. I know what to do. I, I. It's the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. Oh. 
it's a new day. Come on, somebody say it's a new day. If you hear the rooster, God's trying to signify to you that it's a new day. If you repent. Because it wasn't a new day for Judas. Lightfoot says, Lightfoot is a common, uh, a, a, a theologian and a commentator. Lightfoot said that Judas, because if you read the account of Judas and his death, that his entrails gushed out in the, in the potter's field. And you can't quite, but then it says that Judas hung himself. So you can't quite, you're like, did he hang himself or did he cut himself with pottery or what happened? What Lightfoot says is he most likely hung himself and then fell and then his entrails busted out all over. I don't mean to be graphic, but I mean, that's what the Bible says. It's a horrible thing. When you betray Jesus, you'll end up in a world of pain. You'll end up in a lot, lot, lot of hurt, a lot of hurt. The religious leaders, they got stomped out. Rome came, built an embankment, squashed them. But not Jesus, not, not, not Peter. Not for Peter. Peter denied the Lord, but he gets restored. He heard the rooster. When he heard the rooster, he turned and he went out and he wept bitterly. You see, what what the rooster signifies of God's warning, but it also signifies a new day. It signifies that God's in control. But it's only a new day for those who repent and say, you know what, I don't want to do this with this anymore. I don't want to deny the Lord. I don't want to bring dishonor. I I, 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 I want to do it God's way. Would you come, please? Stand up on your feet, won't you? I just set a personal record and preached in 23 minutes. That's just between me and Jesus. Don't worry about it. Thank you, God. This is my 10th message in three days. 10th. I think it's my 10th. Huh. It's been awesome. I wouldn't want to do anything else. Isn't it good just to serve God? Come on, you should be doing what you've been called to do. Pretty good, huh? I've heard enough of them. You should hear Pastor Vince's rooster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God spoke to you? You felt like this message is for you? Just respond to the altar right now. Come on. Hear the sound of the rooster roosting. Heed the warning from the Lord. Because He cares for you. He cares for you. the sound of the warning of the Lord hear the sound the warning of the Lord He cares for you He cares for you
I know there's more people that need to respond. When you realize, man, I, I got to deal with that thing this week, I'm going to do it. It could be a little thing. But little becomes big. Every major wipeout I ever had in God, and I don't do them anymore. They're way too painful. I don't like it. Breaks his heart. No good for me. Bad for the family. Terrible for the ministry. I just don't do it anymore. I mean, you know, why would I jump into a dry swimming pool and hurt myself? I don't do that. Not intentionally. But sometimes I can be insensitive to my wife and I can... I can be hard sometimes with leaders, maybe. Not as gracious and Christ-like as I could be. Those kind of things. Sometimes we're so self-absorbed and filled with our own pride, which is really just an evidence of our fallen human nature, and we need God to help us. I'm not talking about some big backslide you're on, but maybe then again, maybe you are. Wherever you are... Hear the rooster tonight. Hear the warning of God saying, you know, correct that thing because if you keep letting it go, the root of bitterness is going to get in there and then it's going to spring up and defile many people. Just come if you want prayer tonight. Come on. Be honest. He's the just all repent tonight it's a good thing repentance is good it's a gift from God Peter repented and he ended up being restored at a fire after the death and resurrection of Jesus they went fishing and Jesus gave him breakfast and he asked him at a fire Peter do you love me And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. A second time he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he says to the Lord, yes, Lord, I love you. And he said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. The third time he says, Peter, do you love me? And then Peter's grieved. He says, Lord, why do you ask me three times? You know I love you. He asked him three times because he was covering his three denials and bringing healing to his heart. I will tell you, no matter what you have been through, no matter how many times you might have denied him and given allegiance to your flesh or given allegiance to sin or yielded not to the voice of the Lord, but to your own voice, your own pride, your own self-absorption, if you tonight will just turn and say, God, I just want everything. Oh, gosh, that's my prayer. I'm in my own altar call. Forget it. You can listen to me if you want to. Jesus, I want everything, God. Lord, I don't want to be led by the flesh. Lord, I don't want to be filled with pride. God, help me. Help me, Lord. Come on, you cry.
If you have issue with somebody in here, why don't you make it right, right now? And whatever you do, don't line up to talk to me. <laughs> you can talk to me later, all right? <laughs> if you have issue with somebody right now, sort it out. If you need to walk to the other side of the church, do it. Go on, Ted. Take a moment. There's some people you're all messed up with somebody. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your loved one. Come on. Come on. I'm sorry. If I've offended anybody here, please forgive me. I certainly don't want to. Take a moment. And through darkness and trials, my soul shall Amen. sing of His awesome. mercies and kindness. Some of your kids need to repent to your parents. are children in here, you need to repent to your parents for giving them a hard time. They're just trying to help you. Hello. Hello. Repent. Honor your father and mother. Have a long life. Dishonor mom and dad. Have a short one. Some of you need to call your mom and dad. Come on, sing that second one again. We're almost done. Come on. And through darkness and trials, my soul shall sing of His mercies and kindness. My offering to you, cause my God never fails. And my
pray, Lord, that it would be so engrafted into our lives, God, that the enemy can't snatch it away. It will become such a part of us, Lord. It will become a living word inside of us, Lord, to not only set us free, but to keep us free, Father. We pray, Lord, that that word will transform us, Lord, into your very image. Make us more like you, Lord. Make us walk more like you, talk more like you, act more like you, look more like you, respond more like you, be more like you in every way, Lord. Transform us, conform us to your very image. Set us free, Lord, from anything, Lord, that holds us back from going on and being 100% of who and what you called us to be, Lord. Father, we make our declaration tonight that we will have nothing in our lives higher than you. That we're going to do what you tell us to do We're not going to disqualify ourselves. We're not going to talk back to you, God. When you say jump, Lord, we'll just respond to ah. When you say speak, God, we will not hold our tongues, but we will loose. And to the best of our abilities, Lord, no, to the best of your ability in us, Lord, we will represent you in everything we do, every place we go, everything we say, Lord. We'll show forth the praises of Him that has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. We decide tonight we're going to be real Christians. We're not just going to come to church. We're not going to play church. We will be the church. Hallelujah. So we declare tonight, Lord, Your Word in us. Hallelujah. Continue to have your way in this congregation and in this church. We declare these things in Jesus' precious, holy name. And all in agreement, say it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you Tuesday night.